podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. Hi, this is Dr. Marilyn Gardner, and welcome to our podcast entitled Getting It Right, Secure Testing Online. And I have Cheryl Portwood here with me today. Cheryl, thank you for joining me. My pleasure. Cheryl is a clinical assistant professor at Drexel University's College of Nursing and Health Professions. She actually teaches primarily online in the Masters of Science Nursing program and serves as coordinator for the Nursing Leadership and Health Services Management track. If you didn't know, Drexel University is in Pennsylvania. Whereabouts in Pennsylvania are you located? We're in Philadelphia. Uh, the university itself is about 150 years old. Cheryl is a Wharton Johnson and Johnson Fellow in Management for Nurses and in addition to her teaching role, Professor Portwood serves as Coordinator of Quality for Distance Learning Programs in Nursing. In her role as Quality Coordinator, she monitors courses for best practices, student and faculty satisfaction, and working with faculty to ensure quality in online courses. She was recently honored, and congratulations, by Drexel University in 2008 as Online Teacher of the Year for the College of Nursing and Health Professions. Thank you so much for joining us, Cheryl. It's my pleasure to be here today. I have lots of questions, and I know our audience is very interested on secure testing online. It is definitely a hot topic right now, and we're all trying to find the answer to the problem. First, could you maybe just give us some background? How did this issue of secure online testing actually emerge at Drexel? Well, as you know, I teach in the College of Nursing and Health Professions, and as part of that program in the graduate division, we have a nurse practitioner program. As a matter of fact, we have six clinical tracks of nurse practitioners and have about 200 students in that program. The nurse practitioner program is a very intense program and it results in uh, not only a graduation with a master's degree, but in order to practice our students have to be able to take a state certification examination because of course they are going to be diagnosing and treating patients and uh, prescribing medications, etc. It's important to us in our program that our students who are graduating will be able to sit for that program and successfully be able to enter practice uh, once they uh, complete the uh, licensing examination. I can understand how that's such an important issue for not only Drexel, but for most universities and colleges. Well, I guess I should have said that our program is about 80% online. Our students are dispersed over a geographic area up and down the East Coast, the Mid-Atlantic region, and so they are not in our direct site 
for their examinations and for their clinical experience. So it's important that we have a distance solution to testing online that offers us a, a measure of integrity. What do you actually mean by the term secure testing? Secure testing in this sense refers to the parameters that are intended to protect the academic integrity of a written exam in the academic setting. And these parameters are reflected in examination policies that have the effect of reducing cheating in the exam. And what does secure testing refer to when applied to online testing? Well, clearly, when students aren't in a position to be seen and monitored by faculty, it's unclear to what degree academic honesty is maintained. That also means, then, that the, there's an uneven playing field, if you will, between the students of the face-to-face -face environment and the distance students. And then that impacts the academic fidelity of the distance education program. So the major questions that secure testing attempts to answer in the distance environment is who's taking the exam? Actually, who's sitting behind the computer? What kind of collaboration is going on between and among students? And are unauthorized course materials being used during the course of the exam? Are you aware of what other educational institutions are using to ensure that testing procedures are secure? Yes, I've studied that quite a lot and extensively uh, prior to making our decision to engage a technology partner. We examined quite a few programs. We know that this is not an exact science even today, but there are many partial solutions, I guess I would say, that educational institutions are using. Some institutions rely on their course management features. For example, if you were using Blackboard, there is a password that you can get, give a student so that only a person with that password can uh, enter an exam. We use timed examinations so that students don't have all the time in the world if you will, to collaborate. And by compressing the time of the exam, it should more validly test uh, what the student knows. You can scramble questions. You can scramble answers. You can present questions one at a time. You can prevent them from backtracking. All of these are mechanisms that institutions can use within the course management system. There are others who rely on the use of applied uh, concepts and critical thinking so that their examinations are more of the essay type. That didn't help us too much because in the kind of program that we have with the nurse practitioners, there is objective, prescriptive information that the students need to be able to recall and uh, apply. There are lockdown browsers that will keep a student from opening another browser session within their computer while they have their test up, but that doesn't keep them from having another computer uh, next to the computer they're taking their test on. So that doesn't work all that well. 
some uh, universities rely on proctors, uh, having students go out and find a proctor and go into either a testing center or some other place to have their exam. This has a number of problems associated with validating who those proctors are, transmitting the uh, online exam, ensuring that those, well there's no way to ensure that a proctor really follows the testing procedures and policies that have been set up. So these are all ways that educational institutions have tried to address secure testing. Well, you mentioned, you mentioned a few of the flaws with some of those attempts to, to ensure that there's a secure online testing environment. Are there any other flaws, and you mentioned also a technology partner, who have you partnered with and how are they different from some of the other methods that you mentioned? The primary flaw in all of these relates directly to the distance environment and that is the inability to positively ID the student and also the inability to mon monitor the test environment. And so those are the two things that our technology partner supports very well in the application that we're using now. And who is your technology partner? Te and oh, could you tell us about the technology solution that you've mm -hmm. actually sure. implemented and uh, what are its features? The technology partner is Software Secure. It's a company that's based in Boston. It's been around for a number of years, I would say at least 10 years. And they have many products within their, their line of uh, testing services, which is what they do exclusively. Software Secure has been involved, uh, for example, with the bar exam, with using that lockdown browser uh, application called uh, Secure Exam for a very long time. The application that we are using is newer. It's called Remote Proctor, and I'll try to describe it to you. Basically, students receive from us at the university a device, a hardware device that USB attaches to their uh, computer using a USB connection. And this device has a number of features. One of them is that it uh, records a fingerprint image of the individual along with a photograph of that person. And these two things are compared for authentication each time the student logs in to take an examination. And the other thing that it offers is the environmental scanning, the environmental monitoring, both using a video, a 360 degree video stream, and an audio sensor that records sound in the testing environment. So basically, the end of an examination, faculty can view the student's performance in the exam and evaluate the student's compliance with testing procedures. We would know, for example, if the student opened a book we would know if the student, student's cat uh, jumped on their computer, if they 
dropped a cup of tea on their lap, if someone calls to them from another room, if they get on their cell phone and want to talk to their friend about what the answer to number 17 is, we would see, be able to see if they have another computer set up in the area. It does produce a pretty good 360 degree uh, visualization of the test environment. That's fascinating. It is fascinating. What process did you use in selecting your partner? Well, certainly a due diligence process. We were familiar with Software Secure through some media releases and through some articles in the Chronicles of Higher Education. And so our associate dean, Dr. Mary Ellen Smith-Glasgow, suggested that I contact them and ask them to come and talk to us about this uh, product. In addition, I'd had the opportunity to view a few demos that they had done out at some conferences that I had attended, and uh, it was a very intriguing prospect. So we did a, a due diligence on this. I will say to you that we were one of the early adopters of this technology. I believe at the time that we adopted it a year ago, there may have been only a couple of other uh, universities that had preceded us. So we were taking a bit of a risk, but it has really uh, borne out rather well for us. There are about a dozen institutions now using this remote proctor product, I understand. So your experience has been very positive. Our experience has been positive. I actually was rather impressed by how well our students accepted uh, the notion of being videoed and audioed during a intense time. You know, examinations are, are highly intense. And we view the, this program and their exams here as high stakes examinations. It matters a lot to these students. It matters as much, of course, to them as it does to us how well they're doing. So I was pretty impressed at, uh, while there's been a variation, of course, in the, the acceptance uh, response, uh, I've been very impressed by how well they've done. Faculty were a little leery at first. They felt somehow that they might be invading the privacy of their students and communicating to the students that the program doesn't trust them. But uh, we were able to talk through those issues, and I'm really very pleased at faculty response at this point. I'm sure you've had a lot of challenges in implementing the program. Could you uh, share some words of wisdom in rolling out a similar program in, a, in another environment? Sure. I'm just full of words of wisdom. <laughs> Uh, on this subject, believe me, because I've been living it for a good long time now. I will tell you that our lead time for getting started, first of all, was about a year. This may have been just due to the novelty of this whole idea for us and the learning curve that uh, we had to go through. But also, there were very specific things that had to happen, such as uh, a lot of administrative policies and academic policies needed to be written to launch this program to maintain it and uh, to respond to variation uh, within it. So that was about a year's worth of work, negotiating the contract, going through the legal uh, processes of the university to get that taken care of. 
we found that students and faculty vary widely in their technology competence. And this may not be true in other people's programs, but for us, nurse practitioner programs, our students have largely been out of school for some period of time and may not necessarily be the cohort of the population that's high on technology use. So students had some significant anxiety and required some significant both hand-holding and enforcement of policy uh, around the program. And same thing with faculty. You know, we have faculty who are very technologically adept and others who are not. This is actually a very simple program. A USB port couldn't be easier, you know. But there are other issues that play into this, like firewalls and download speeds and memory and all kinds of tech issues that can interfere with a technology that is being added to all of that. So it requires some tech support, which I would say the company does a very, very good job at. Both They have both a level one and a level two tech support that's available level one 24-7, level two during exam time 24-7. So that's been very positive. For the size of the program that we have needs an administrative liaison person, someone who can relate both to faculty and to students and then again into the company because there's a triangulation there. And then lastly, the, the other thing is this is a Windows only application at this point. We're okay with that because our, uh, our program tells students up front that we are a Windows-based technology with Blackboard and with all of our supporting systems. So, you know, we have no trouble telling students with a Mac, for example, that they need to find a Windows-based computer to take an examination. So those are some of, uh, some of the things that I've learned this past year. Cheryl, you have been a wealth of information on a very important topic. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us today. And I was hoping that you would share some contact information. Oh, of course. I'd be happy to talk to anybody anytime. Best way to reach me, of course, is by email. That would be C Portwood. C P O R T W O O D. C Portwood at Drexel. Excellent. Thank you so much, Cheryl. This is Dr. Marilyn Gardner with the United States Distance Learning Association. If you'd like more information about the association, you can find us at www.usdla.org. Thank you and have a great day. This podcast is brought to you by Nova Southeastern University's Fischler School of Education and Human Services. The Fischler School has the largest graduate school of education at an accredited university, serving more than 14,000 students each academic year in some 55 cities across the United States, plus approximately 40 other countries. The Fischler School of Education and Human Services is dedicated to the enhancement and continuing support of teachers, administrators, trainers, and others working in related helping professions throughout the world.